Greetings, fellow Earthlings. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of And Another Thing with Dave. In this episode, we're going to talk with Tony Schultz about the storming of the Capitol and why it happened now and not under Occupy. That's most peculiar, right? So, anyway, thanks for tuning in. Please do stay tuned, share with friends, subscribe and share. Greetings, Tony Schultz, my friend. It's wonderful to have you on the line. I can't wait to have this conversation with you. Well, it's a night certainly that uh, has a lot of conversation ahead. <laughs> it's been one of those days in America, Dave, that uh, uh, we won't be forgetting for quite a while. Can you fucking even believe this, Tony? Um, you said to pose three questions to you, Dave. I think one of the questions that I would pose right now is surprised by what's happened, what's transpired here, or did we kind of halfway expect something like this? Yeah. Um, well, I think, you know, I, I'm a little more radical than you, you know, mm -hmm. ad ad admittedly. Um I think I've seen this coming for fucking 10 years and I'm surprised it hasn't happened sooner. What, what kills me is, that, is that it's the Trump doing it. And like, really? yeah, like really, it didn't happen over occupy. Like really, <laughs> really. Or, or the last economic collapse when the bailouts yeah. came and yes, things got better. And that was, you know, probably helped to subdue the masses, but Still, when everybody found out that so much of the benefits went to the very wealthy, I, I, you would think that would spur on a, a revolutionary act. Right. 50 million people getting evicted from their getting uh, foreclosed on yeah. in, in 2009 and the banks getting bailed out. But that didn't do it. No. But then again, too, Dave, what what did transpire is. We were in a completely horrible situation. I mean, it's so bad, Dave. It's so bad. It got a name. Remember that? <laughs> How bad does a period have to get to get a name? It got yeah. a name. The Great Recession. Things did start to improve. So I think that's what, right? It just kind of, okay, I'm, I'm not, things don't totally suck. So I'm happy. Well, well <laughs> and Tony... And Tony, let's let's both just be real. They called it the Great Recession because they didn't want to use the D word, right? But but the the, the actual numbers coming out, Dave, it just didn't totally compare to the depression. I mean, in terms of numbers of people out of work, it, underemployed, you know, it, it it was bad, Dave, and that's why it got a name. It just wasn't as bad. Agreed. Agreed. Um, but it was the worst thing we had seen since. And by giving it a different name, instead of like the new depression, mm -hmm. then giving it, a, we gave it a new name. It seemed kind of less, less evil. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, the words do matter, Dave. And I guess, you know, there's that saying that I, I heard, um, you know, a, a recession is when your neighbor loses their job. A depression is when you lose yours. Thank you. So for a lot of people, it was the Great Depression. Thank you. I mean, Thank can you, you imagine being out of a job, 
the house that you purchased, put money into, all of a sudden has no equity. You can't borrow money on it because it's underwater. And now you're homeless. And now you got laid what's off. Going on around, yeah, I don't care what's going on around you. That's a depression. Yeah, Tony, heaven forbid your wife got cancer. I mean, not, not you, but I'm saying let, let family A in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Right. You're underwater by no, by no fault of your own, right? You were suckered into a, and I studied mortgage, Tony. Right. All right. Originally, originally, I didn't have to explain to you that at the five year mark, your interest was going to go from 5% to fucking 10. I didn't have to tell you that mm-hmm. by law. I didn't now, now they have to tell you and your real estate agent has to tell you. So it, they got it like double, triple covered now. Um, David, that is crazy evil over, you know, a big government regulation. Why should you have to tell me something like that? <laughs> something as insignificant as how much I'm going to pay. Right? I can't believe, Dave, I can't believe that that wasn't already a law. You mean, you mean that's a new one? <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. Tony, I'm, I'm telling you, in the 90s, I studied mortgage. I was thinking of becoming a mortgage broker. And I went to the Mortgage University in San Francisco. They taught this three-day class. And, uh, and then you, you were able to, to take the test to be a, become a mortgage broker. But I never followed through with getting my license. Um, but I took all the classes. And Back, back then, this is only the 90s, Tony. It was the, because of deregulation, it was the wild, wild west. As long as you got somebody to sign the loan and the loan went through, you got paid. So you don't give a fuck if they default. You don't care. You're on to the next person, getting the next yeah. loan, get the next loan, the next yeah. loan. Yeah, consequences be damned. Right. Well, it's not your problem. It's somebody yeah. else's now it's the bank's problem right and it was yeah. just it was like a hustler's dream job tony mm-hmm. you know you've met some some people like that that are just natural used car salesmen hustler types those those people thrived in that environment because there was no regulation yeah and as we saw um, a lack of proper regulation can lead to a major disaster so when people say to you all these regulations are killing business. Well, sometimes a lack of regulation ends up killing business. And it certainly right. did in 2008 and 2009. Right. Right. I mean, it was a so, scary time, babe. I mean, I, I'm here in my house, bought it a few years earlier. And a friend of mine, Roger, came over. And we're just taking a little walk around the neighborhood. Hey, it's kind of nice. There was a house pretty much just like mine. It's on sale. It had a couple of those, those brochures, those pamphlets in there to tell you what, what it's worth. And we yeah. look and see, and it's just like, oh, my God, this thing's worth over $600,000. I just bought mine a couple of years ago for like four fifty. Like, this is amazing. After the recession hit, Dave, three fifty. if you could get it. People were listing at three fifty and weren't even getting that. That's how, how into the toilet this went. Right. But here's how volatile the market that we're in is. We're, we've, the, the real estate market now is, has surpassed before the crash. 
right? You see mm. what I'm saying? Are we preparing for another fall? I, I mean, David, with, oh. with just oh, the dude. debt itself, um, with just the debt itself, Dave, at some point, it just seems to me interest rates are going to skyrocket. Marlin and I just like, hey, let's refinance so we can lock into a good interest rate just in case. That's what we're thinking, Dave, just in case. Because if you have like, you know, Jimmy Carter era type of rates and it's, it's happening oh, no. before, Tony. we're done. Tony, we're this done. is the lowest interest. These are the lowest interest rates you're going to see in our lifetime. You should refinance right now. If you haven't recently, you we should have. right now. Yeah, we have. And I'm all in. I'm all in, Dave, because I, you know what? If, if the rates were to go lower or whatever, okay, fine. Uh, I got burned, whatever. I'll take that, Dave, because if it goes in the, the opposite direction, which just with all this debt scares the hell out of me, Dave, I don't want to ever be in that situation, Dave, where oh my God, I just can't pay my freaking mortgage. Then, And guess what right. happens to me then, Dave? I'm in a depression. <laughs> it is the depression for me. And then maybe Tony's falling down. <laughs> Uh-oh. I'll go bust up a store somewhere. <laughs> right? I'll go, Worst I'll, day ever. I'll go into the whammy burger. <laughs> Can I get a, <laughs> can I get a, a womlet uh, with a chuckle wham shake and a thing of whammy fries? <laughs> Sorry, we're out of those today. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean you're out of those? And he just sets him off. If anybody's what? thinking we're talking about the movie Falling Down with Michael Douglas, if you haven't seen it, listeners, give that one a shot. That is a great film. Excellent. Excellent movie. And it could happen to any one of us <laughs> at any moment in this current crazy straight out of a movie world that we're living in right now. It, it definitely could, Dave. And it, it, like at some point, you know, whatever policies that the Biden administration and these, the upcoming Congress is going to put forth, we've got to see these deficits start to come down. Dave. We just we can't keep Whoa, going. Honey, the way what's we're going. Sounds like there's a shooting ground in the, in the shooting gallery in the background. Oh God, I'm sorry, Dev. I don't know what. There's a TV on, but I'm like around the corner and up the stairs. Oh, okay. How's that? All right, we're good. That's better. Yeah, the funny thing is <coughs> that these phones pick up in the background. Oh, it's a, it's brutal. Yeah, I can't believe it. Like the things that they are so loud. When we're talking, sometimes like I'll be doing dishes, and you're like, "Oh my God, you're blowing me out!" Yeah. I'm like, "Wow, it's not." It sounds much more loud <laughs> to me than it does to you, and you're the one doing the dishes. Isn't that funny? Yeah. And and so I guess I'm get I'm getting the reverse of that now. But anyway, we're on we're on it, and we're we're chopping it up, and I think this is awesome. We're on good things. I got a question for you, sure. Tony. Would you call this insurrection? Um. Well, Dave, I was just looking up the word sedition that's been thrown about uh, uh, lately. And Dave, sedition, you don't have to commit an act. That's just If I fire you up, Dave, to go commit an act, I'm guilty of sedition. So hmm. Donald Trump, now he's, he's pretty clever with his words, Dave, because he says it, but he, there's almost like, well, a good lawyer could talk somebody into thinking that he meant something else. You know what I mean? Right. Saying right, like, it. right. Like today, 
he said, I know most of you after this speech are going to march to the Capitol and you're going to peacefully demonstrate. Right. Yeah, well. So he did say peacefully demonstrate, but he also... But he also incited them to march on the Capitol. Right. But, you know, marching on the Capitol, Dave, and peaceful demonstration, that is an insurrection. (laughs) So he didn't go out and say, you know, take over and storm the place and break things and storm it inside. He didn't say that. But, But he did say he will not submit. Right. He will not accept. He will not accept the results and we need to fight. So what does that mean? But there again, Dave, if I'm Trump's lawyer, I mean, well, there's a lot of ways to fight. You fight politically, Dave. You fight verbally all the time. You fight on Facebook. It's called arguing, right? You could call, you could call arguing fighting. Oh, we're fighting. Well, you're arguing. Your parents fought, right, Dave? Well, they were arguing. They weren't punching each other in the face. They weren't shooting each other, but they were right. fighting. You could you could right. interpret that in different okay. ways. I mean, Donald Trump has got this uh, this ability, Dave, to say things and kind of you know wiggle around a particular subject, and then at other times, Dave, he just comes out and blatantly says stuff, just blatantly says it. Yeah, you know, and well, mm-hmm, go ahead. So I want to quote what you said in one of our previous conversations when I was saying the exact same thing. At one of the Trump rallies, what did he say? Get him out of here. Punch him in the yes. face. What, what, that was very blatantly what? inciting. But he, he said, I'll pay the bills. Now, if anybody who knows Donald Trump and people that have dealt with him in New York during his, uh, his career, uh, you better get that in writing, folks. <laughs> because if Donald Trump promised that he's going to pay you money uh, after you shake that man's hand, hands, uh, Dave, you best count your fingers. Because... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of people that he yeah, owes get, money. Get it in writing, baby. Get it in writing. But that's why he's filed bankruptcy. What is it four or is it six times? Nobody's quite I've heard sure. Several, but I mean, it, it, it. The point go. The point is though, Dave, that um, this guy has been very blatant about violence, and he's also got a pretty good way, Dave, of skirting around it. Where yeah he says it I'm I, I'm I'm pushing you to do something, but then he could come back and say well I didn't exactly tell him to do that, you know. Tony, I could shoot a man on Fifth Avenue and not lose a single voter. Right, but I mean, couldn't that we couldn't we uh, chalk that up to hyperbole, Dave? No, oh, he's just saying it to make a point. It's like a metaphor. Right. Well, what right? he meant was right, but. But no, his words were that he could sh- that he could shoot somebody. I think he said in broad daylight. Well, the quote on Fifth the quote is, Dave, I could stand on Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and not lose any votes. That's the quote. And you yeah. know something, Dave? Wow. He was right. Thank you. He was right. It just how low does this go before people like Ed? <laughs> somebody that we both know people like that Dave Scott how, how low does he have to go before they will sit there and, and go you know what this is too much for me I, I can't do this anymore and apparently I don't know Tony that's my question is when when is it not patriotism 
because they're they're claiming that they are the patriots and that BLM are terrorists and that you and I are pinko commies. <laughs> it's David, it's upside down bizarro world. And I try you and I have this conversation many times, Dave. Some of this stuff comes down to a point, Dave, where it's just it's not even on both sides. Okay. And it, it's not about opinion. I mean, how can you get an opinion? Yeah. Well, I think what those people are doing is patriotism. Folks, we had an election. Trump challenged that election in court. What, 60 judges have said no to his claims of fraud? 60? Okay. All and now we, you, go to the, you go and they, what, they confirm what, um, they, they confirm the, uh, the outcome, Dave? It's been confirmed how many different times now? Okay, yeah, we, we confirm Arizona's votes. Arizona's delegates go for Biden. We've confirmed it. It's gone through the, the, the voting process, well, the judicial system, and now the confirmation process. And still these people say, nope, it, he, he got cheated. Like, no. That, and you know, well, you know what was awesome, Tony, is they made them redo Georgia, right? Yeah. Didn't they recount three times? And it, came back, it came back in their face. Yeah. And, but that's what I mean, Dave, because now still it, it, it's as if some of these people want to say, well, they've got their opinion and you've got your. No, this isn't an opinion anymore. Scoreboard. No. Biden, 302 electoral votes, 306 electoral votes. He beats Trump. That's it. It's like, Dave, it's like you and I, Dave, after a football game, we're looking up at the scoreboard and, you know, the 49ers beat the Cardinals 30 to 10. We, no, Tony, the Cardinals. Won- no, Dave. No, this is this is objective here. This is not subjective. The 49ers won. That's it. Right. But here we are in a situation. There is no in bizarro Trump world. No there. room for it. No. No. I just don't have to accept it. No room for opinion. This is not we're not talking about opinion. We're talking about fact. And there is no such thing as an alternative <laughs> fact. An alternative <laughs> fact is a non-fact, and a non-fact <laughs> is a lie. Alternative facts. So let's, just, so let's just break this down. There, There's no room in what you're talking about right now. I'm just following up on your, on what you're, on your previous statement. There's no room for debate there. Yes. There's no I room. Agree. But that's where we're at, Dave. We just, we are so divided, Dave. That we can't agree on basic facts. And when you get there, Dave, here's another question I'll pose to you. Here's my second question that I'll pose to you, Dave. Once you get there, Dave, how do you get back and avoid conflict and violence? Apparently, we're not there because we had violence tonight at the Capitol. <laughs> Tony, that's, that's the million-dollar question, isn't it? How do we unite the workers of the world against the 1% that are oppressing wow. all of us. Yeah. I, right. I don't know, Dave, because that, that gets to a much broader point of, yes, we can get rid of Trump and thank God he's going to be gone soon. Okay. And this just nutty ridiculousness that we've been subjected to for the last four years before the pandemic and before this election nonsense, Dave, I just don't know how we get there because you and I both know you and I are predicting 
Okay. We're predicting this. Joe Biden's administration, certainly I would think is going to be better than Trump. But still, David, it's not like they're going to, you know, get the workers together and make things so much better for poor and working class people. That's not really what Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have been about. It's just, it just isn't. No, and Biden, Biden, Biden's even said there will be no fundamental change. Yeah. I, right. He just, he wants more status quo. Yeah. Well, you and I've been over this many times, Dave, and for our viewers, I haven't heard it. It's the idea that now because of Trump, because we've seen, we went from Obama, things were hardly perfect, but normal and getting better and things were going right. People weren't as screwed up. Now we got Trump and this unbelievable amount of chaos and lies are the new truth. And whatever you, whatever he says just seems to be okay. And now David, I'm afraid. And I know you are too, that we're going to get a Biden administration and we're like, well, at least we're not crazy. And that's it. Cause we know, Dave, that's not going to be good enough. It's just not going to be good enough. And I don't know if it's Tom Cotton or Tucker Carlson or Donald Trump himself or Don Jr. I, I got a feeling we're just going to be right back in the same situation in 2024 with everybody goes, we need change. And then we're going to get some right-wing nut job. I think you're right. I think we're. this is an absolute setup for our first despot. Um, and, 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 uh, I'm no genius. I just listen to a lot of people who know a lot of things and who listen to and watch and read more things than I do. That's mm -hmm. what I try mm -hmm. to do. Right. I, you know, um, so, you know, you know, some sure. of the people I love, I love Tom Hartman. Big fan. Yep. Um, I used to, used to be a huge fan of democracy now. Still listen to KPFA 94.1 FM on, on my car stereo constant. But uh, I got to tell you, dude, democracy now, man, I'm really kind of disappointed. Amy's dropping the bar, but there's other people out there. You know, Abby, uh, mm -hmm. Abby Martin, she's amazing. Um, Glenn Greenwald is amazing. Um, you know, our friend Jimmy Dore, fantastic. And, and, and once again, he just kind of synthesizes a bunch of opinions, mm -hmm. right? And, and, but, but let's bring it. He, he's the one that brought hashtag force the vote. None of our progressive quote unquote squad brought that. What were they doing? They were, they were, According to them, they were, quote unquote, fighting behind the scenes to get cabinet positions. Well, AOC got passed over for her cabinet position that she wanted. And she still didn't withhold her vote from Nancy Pelosi to force the fucking Medicare for all vote. So the squad is now called hashtag fraud oh, wow. squad. I don't know. I don't know I if you're hip to that, that, but it's a huge thing. Yeah. Hashtag fraud squad. Oh, my God. It's blowing up all over Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Well, you know what, Dave? Here, 
herein lies the the question. You know, uh, they're going to take over here pretty soon, January 20th. Um, the Biden administration is going to officially begin, and we're going to have to wait and see. Now, I don't have a lot of confidence that it's going to change so much for the better. Just It'll be addition by subtraction just because of Trump, as I just stated. That won't be enough to prevent the next Trump from coming along. Um, but I hope I'm wrong, Dave. I right. hope the, the progressive agenda is you know, a bigger part of this administration. And I, you know, I hope the Green New Deal becomes a reality and, you know, all the things that you and I talk about all the time, less, you know, military spending and all that kind of okay. stuff, Dave. But no, Dave, I don't, I, I'm not really that confident that it's going to happen like that. I got some bad Uh-oh. news for you, buddy. Um, so Biden is, he hasn't appointed him yet. But the guy that Biden is looking at to appoint to uh, head of the Department mm-hmm. of Agriculture, his nickname is Mr. Oh, Monsanto. Wow. Boy, might as well just be a awesome. Trump appointee. Yeah. yeah, or 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 for that matter, or Obama, or Bush, or Clinton, or right. They've all because they've it. all. It's been a revolving war the whole time. Um, You know, the problem is uh, when you look at the Trump administration, so many of the appointees and um, with the postmaster general, DeJoy comes to mind very quickly, Dave, where you appoint somebody who basically wants to destroy the the institution that he's heading (laughs) or a guy who's fought against it for how long and you appoint that guy to head that institution. Like, what? Like, talk about the fox guarding the hen house, you for can't, God's sake. You can't see me palming my forehead right now, Tony, but I'm I'm palming my forehead right now. Well, And, the, and that's a thing Democrats are going to have to answer what? to. Like, wait a minute, we just had four years of Trump. We had all this stuff that was so outwardly blatant. And you can think of a few more of them there for me, I'm sure, Dave. Um, Betsy DeVos comes oh, really quick. Give me education. one second. Thank you. So Betsy DeVos, Scott, Scott Pruitt, EPA, EPA. Absolutely. Just this guy hates environmental protection. Um, and you put him in charge of the Environmental Protection Agency? It's not. Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State, the person that decides where we go to war, is the former head of Exxon? God, I did not know he was the former head of Exxon. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. So, huh. Who better to decide who we need to bring democracy to an oil man. than, you know, the previous <laughs> head, an oil man. <laughs> and guess and, and, and check this out, Tony. He wasn't able to keep his position in Exxon while in office, but he was able to keep his stuff. Wonderful. Wonderful. So every decision he makes as secretary of state can benefit him no conflict of interest there whatsoever none can't see any oh not all you know david the funny thing is here's here's my third question for you i'll have more probably before we're done but triple conflict of interest my my question third question how is that legal like how is it legal that you can have a guy in that position and yet 
go ahead and keep all your stock when you're making the when you're a part of making decisions that will just completely benefit your bottom line your personal financial interest i mean i thought aren't you supposed to divest it isn't that what we were so angry with trump in the beginning Dave? because he wasn't completely divesting of his financial interests and there can be entanglements when you're dealing with foreign policy and making new laws I, this just crazy to me absolutely absolutely right totally agree with you but dick cheney did it dick cheney kept kept his shares and so he see he stepped down as vice president of halliburton but he kept his shares wow right and so and then Halliburton got all these no-bid contracts. So if you own shares of said company, I mean, what the fuck? Are you kidding this me? This is just craziness. Like, it's fucking unbelievable. Tony, it's, it's, like rubbing a, it's like rubbing a dog's nose in its <laughs> shit, right? It's almost like that's what they're doing to us. They're like, yeah, I'm the ex-head of Halliburton. <laughs> yep, I just got a no bid contract for the fucking. I just gave, rather, a no bid contract to oh. Halliburton. <laughs> yep, I still own a hundred thousand well, shares. Thing that that the Trump you. administration really brought to light, Dave. You know, we want to see your tax returns. How about not only do we want to see them, you have to show us this. You have to be completely upfront about all your financial entanglements all your investments. If you want to have political office with any kind of real power like this, you guys, you know what guys, if you want to serve, you've got to get out of all, put them in a blind trust, get out of all of them, sell all your stuff before you take over because there is such a conflict of interest and it just reeks of corruption. And they, like, if you're Nancy Pelosi or Diane Feinstein, how about every year or so? Shouldn't we fully audit these people on a regular basis? And I'm not saying that, that you're fine. Yeah, but I'm not saying that we all think you're all total crooks. But shouldn't we have the ability, Dave? Shouldn't it it just be right in the contract when you sign up for these jobs that you have to divulge this information because we want to? We got to make sure that you're going to yeah. be, you know honestly representing the people and not your own financial interest. Absolutely. And you should be held once again, I think just like cops that break the law, they should be cops that break the law should be held to a higher standard than your average citizen. Cause they swore an oath to uphold the law. You and I didn't. Well, Dave, we put right. Poli- yeah. Politicians hear me out for a second. Polit- politicians should be held to a higher account because they swore an oath to, to rise above and to take care of you and I. So as soon as they get caught, um, you know, um, um, using insider trading information, Kelly Loeffler doing that kind of shit, which, which has been, thank you. Well, there's been a fuck ton of them lately, but uh, yeah, Kelly Loeffler is one of the worst. Thank you. And let's name her by name. Kelly she just lost in Georgia Loeffler. in the runoff, and she will no longer be seated. But um, yeah, what's her Kelly name again? Can Loeffler. you say it for me? <laughs> yeah, that kind. 
So anyway, bye bye, Kelly. Yeah. Right? Isn't that feel good? No, glad to see you go. And not just because she's a Republican, because of what I mean. When when you heard of her digression, that's the right word, Dave. When you heard about this and you went, "Oh my God!" You had this insider information that the pandemic was coming, and you sold a bunch of stock, so because you knew the economy was going to collapse, you made a profit. And you were lying to the American people that this was so bad because apparently you wanted to protect the Trump administration? Jeez. Not only that, Tony, she bought other stocks like 3M and stuff that she know she knew were going to go through the roof wow. because of the pandemic. That that's where she made that's where she made her money. She jumped out of a couple markets, but then she had inside information. That, oh, we're going to need ventilators. We're going to need masks. So she invested in like 3M on the ventilator company. Wow, Dave. And Right? Are you kidding me? You're a public servant? No. I'm sorry. We're going to hang you by your tits right now. Sorry. You see, when you talk about law enforcement people, Dave, and you talk about political people, why they should be held to a higher standard, because they're in a position of power and authority – and by things that they do, and they can benefit themselves and their family with this, how can we have a tra- – I mean, Dave, it's like if you, if you bought off an umpire in baseball. I, I just, you disrespecting my authority. You know, I mean, how can we, we trust that everything's going to be on the level when you just – if I see you giving money to the third base umpire, Dave, somehow I think there's something, there's something fishy about this. This is just crazy, and I, the, why we don't have you know better um, uh, laws in place to make sure of this, and not just like we don't just request from the president, Dave. It's not a request that we see your tax returns. You have to show us your tax returns. Oh, you're not going to do that? Well, then you we can just kick you out of office. Right? There, there's a mechanism in place. If you don't comply with some of these rules after your six months, a year in office. That you can't serve anymore. This is criminal. How, Dave, why is it that if you and I get a subpoena and we don't show up, they could send somebody over there and drag us in there to show up? They could put out a warrant for our arrest. But if the president gets served a subpoena, he can just say, nope. This is like, wait a minute. I thought we were holding these, these people to a higher standard. They're actually held to a lower standard. Tony. Why is it that Congress can just not show up for a vote? Right? Like, how many days a year do they actually have to work? And then when there's a vote, it's not mandatory that they show up. So they they can be truant. But you and I, it's three strikes. The normal, the normal world is three strikes, right? Oh, that was a that was a no call no show. You're written up. Oh, that's your second no call no show. You're suspended. That's your third no call no show. You're fired. Well, I I know this is not going to happen, David, but right? I would like to see a Biden administration and so many of these Democrats, Dave, to go for just total and complete transparency. That nobody is above the law. So it's never going to happen. Never you know, so happen. We can, to, to all our 
freaking friends, Dave, that this is how it is now. And if all of a sudden they're trying to get this information out of your president, you guys just can't say, you can't just shrug your shoulders and say, well, that's just Trump being Trump. You know, but hey, what about, hey, but the economy is going good. Stop bugging him. This is the kind of stuff, Dave, that we let slide and it turns around and bites us in the ass. Yeah, and, and the economy wasn't doing well, and it's doing horrible, and the economy tanked before COVID. Yeah, I, that's what that's what a lot of people aren't no, talking about. The no, economy, actually, do you know that? Really, the economy tanked before COVID. Yeah, no. So two months before COVID started, the the Federal Reserve pumped. $4.5 trillion into the economy. Uh, to up. Credit card again, huh? So the economy's been tanked. Um, I think it was derivatives. Um, but, you know, our, our economy is a fucking house of cards, Tony. It's all this shit. Derivatives and fucking, you know, we allow... We allowed the crossover of the two mm-hmm. banking industries, right? Which is Glass-Steagall, right? To separate investment right. banks from saving banks. And so we're in, we're allowing that incestuous activity to still yeah. maintain. It's not a bank. It's a right? casino. It's existent. It's a fucking casino. And, and there's going to be a bust. It is, it is scary, David. It is really scary because look how bad things are now. And I know you've seen the, the pictures, Dave, of the lines of cars stretching for miles, people looking for food. In my job, Dave, we do some food distribution for the, the school district, and they bring bags and bags of food set up at one of the schools. People, co- And guess what, Dave? Every day that we do this, they are completely out of food in like two, two and a half hours. Okay, now, wow, and it's you just think people just hours. a bunch of moochers that have plenty of food in the house just drive up for food. Most people don't, some people do, and they will take advantage of something like that, Dave, because I can hear the voices already. I can, I can hear the voices most already, though, Dave. Yeah, most people, are I can hear the voices already, funny. Dave. Like, oh, there's just a bunch of freeloaders. No, most of those people, Dave, they don't have enough food at home, yeah, totally. But that's another thing, David, that we can't convince so many of our brethren, Dave, that people are in need. And so, for so many of our brethren, Dave, even if people are in need, then they drop back to the, well, that's their fault. Should have got a better education. Should have planned ahead. Instead of realizing, and now it, it, at least with COVID though, Dave, it has brought out, uh, kind of broken some of that down. Because most people do realize that, you know, people through no fault of their own, Dave, don't have they just don't have enough to make it from day to day, week to week. Right. And, and COVID put in, in all of our faces, oh, and it might not be that right. person's fault. Because before we were taught, and I, I don't think you and I bought into this as much as everybody else. I never bought into it. But society, by we, I'm talking about mm-hmm. society, right? So we were taught to look at those people like pull yourself up by your fucking bootstraps. Mm-hmm. What's your fucking problem? Get over your addiction. Why are you so weak to have an addiction problem? Yes. 
No, I, right. I heard I heard one just the other day about uh, Ronald Reagan coming up with the, you know, the Chicago woman, wink, wink, with you know, a bunch of social security cards, Dave, and a bunch of different addresses, and she's got a you know, an, an untaxed income of one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, and that was the whole. Remember that? Remember that? I mean, right. he just made this stuff up, and you have. Yeah. I totally remember it. And have it, we ever met it, that person? Just got Hell no. you know, blacks get all the breaks type of thing. And these poor people are just so many of them are just a bunch of scammers. You know, and people take it. And then unfortunately, people like Jason oh. believe that shit and then go into go into becoming a law enforcement no. officer. And people are going to take advantage of a situation. Our job as a society, Dave, to make it tougher for those people and to make sure they have penalties, but not to just throw a blanket over all of them and just say, oh, you're a cheater or you, or you just don't deserve any help. I mean, that's the kind of thing that we have to get over. And it, it, it I mean, Dave, we are so far apart. I mean, as far as a Republican Trumpist type of thinking, Dave, is Sometimes, like, being tough means being an asshole, right? You got to be an asshole. Tough love. Like like you said, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. And it's just like, you know, sometimes in society, people need a little help. Here's an analogy, Dave. Give me some fucking bootstraps. How about that? Good sports analogy for you folks out there. Why does the worst team in the NFL get the first pick in the draft every year. Why is that? Why, why do they do that in, in, in that type of order, Dave, where you start with the worst team, second to worst team, third worst team, and so on? Why do they get the top picks in the next draft? Because they don't want people to fall behind well, so much. You know, right? That's why. You know, Teams, they don't want them to fall behind. They want to give you a better chance right. to not suck. Because if you have too many teams that suck all the time, it's not as good for the league. Right. Yeah. If you would ask me that question, I don't know that much about sports, but I would say it's <laughs> yes. to prevent an oligarchy. You're trying to prevent monopolies. You don't want all the teams to suck all the time. And now it Thank happens. You. It does. Some of the teams are picking first and picking high year after year after year. But that's the idea. And when we look at it as far as, you know, in societal terms, Dave, it's like, let's give more of these benefits that we're, we're giving out. Let's give them to the people on the lower end of the spectrum. Let's make sure they directly benefit. Andy Meyer, I'm sorry, Andy, um, had a great saying during the, the COVID thing here, Dave, early on in the COVID thing when, when we were with the mad rush for Twitter. Yeah. Tony? Tony, giving hello, waiver. There you are. Lost the call. Hello. Yeah. So, um, so that was weird. We had a 
Satan interfered with our transmission, Ooh. but we're back. <laughs> anyway, just you know, why are we so concentrated on people who have so much getting more? And let's concentrate on people who don't have anything getting the benefit that they need. And, and yeah, it's not that we're just giving stuff to people for free. Not, it's just, you know, open-ended and you just get it for all the time. And, you know, if you don't really need it at some point, you do have to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Dave. But like you said earlier, let's give people some bootstraps. Let's do that. That's right. That's all I'm saying. Let's first, I think you and I totally agree. Let's level the playing field. Like no tax incentives for giant corporations, no tax breaks. They don't need it. They they're fucking rich. They don't need it. And what we need. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dave. Sorry. What we need. Let me just finish this train of thought. What we need is to bring up, you know, a rising tide brings up all boats, right? So what we need is to focus on small businesses on startups, right? Because small businesses are the majority of our of our economy. Unless we allow, there's been this crazy, you know, with COVID, they shut down a bunch of small businesses and, and 60% of those, I don't know if you heard this statistic, but it's frightening. 60% of the businesses that were shut down will not reopen again. Yeah, so scary. So that creates a vacuum where these giant corporations can now suck up and buy up for pennies on the dollar. Right. What was business? Right. Yeah. And it's 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 not like a business failed. So now a vulture can come in and buy this business that was forced under for pennies on the dollar, and then just open it back up again. It's, uh, it's, oh. it's, a, it's an ugly, vicious cycle. It, and how do you get out of it? You know, it's like, how do you get out of it? How do you get out of this? I don't know. That's going to be, that's something that's going to have to be worked out, Dave. And there are no easy solutions. And if somebody tells you there is an easy solution, they're lying to you. Because even if you, if somebody like you and me, Dave, might say, Okay, well, you got to tax the rich more. Well, first, you got to get that kind of legislation passed. And if you think that's going to be easy, you got another thing coming because so many of those uh, politicians that we talk about all the time, Dave, they are the 1%. Do you think that most of them are going to vote to have their taxes raised? You think when, when when they go to try to get somebody to support their campaigns, and we know how much campaigns. The, the cost of campaigns goes up and up and up all the time. It's just absolutely out of control. Well, gee, Dave, when they go out and try to get this money, they need these corporations to to give them money so they can run a damn campaign and get elected to the Senate. You think you think Monsanto, Dave, do you think some of the, you know, like uh, Jeff Bezos is going to give money to a, a bunch of politicians to their campaign when they're going to raise his taxes? That's difficult. That is a really difficult place to be in. Right. Why would you do that? Yeah. That's most of them. Won't. Some of them do, Dave. There are your, your, your left wing billionaires and millionaires and stuff. But let's be honest. Most of them are on the right for exactly the reason that I just stated, Dave. If you're a big business, you probably don't want to be regulated more. You don't want to be taxed more. That's just not how that works. So when people tell you it's all the same, it's all on both sides. 
it's not the same. And it's not, it's not even it close. Makes, to it makes sense too, Dave, because let's face it. If, if you and I are running a big corporation, Dave, do we really want people coming in telling us what we can and can't do, even if it's better for society? Not really, Dave. And that doesn't mean we're, we're total ogres and we just, we want people to breathe dirty air and drink dirty water. We're just trying to make money. That's what we're all about. You know, I'm not right. really. <laughs> Go ahead. So that's government's job, right, is to, to keep that in check, right? Because we've seen where, where shit goes without regulation. It right. goes to labor. It goes to an 80-hour work week. It goes to a 12-hour work day. It goes to fuck you, shut up, <laughs> get back in the line. That's where yeah. it goes. It time and time and time again, right? And then if you don't like, fuck you, shut up, get back in the mind, we can drag you out in the street and shoot you in the head. <laughs> and that's that's okay, Tony. Or also, David, what we can do is like, oh, you don't want a job? We'll get somebody else, some other poorer slob to take yours. And even if we don't directly punish you by beating you or harming you or blowing up your house or anything like that, now you're unemployed. Good luck. <laughs> and I just want to mention all these things that we just said, shoot in the head. Granted, that was in, in like the late 1800s, but they did that. You had no rights as a worker. They could drag you out. And if you were complaining too much or if you were trying to organize, they could make an example of you, drag you out in the middle of the road, shoot you in the head, leave you dead and never be arrested. Well, I think that, you know, um, Andrew Carnegie, Dave, and Carnegie Steel, they had some some very famous strikes where he basically had, you know, a law enforcement armed on his side, violently attacking picketers, strikers, goon squads. just absolute goon squads, Dave. I mean, that's just the way it went. They run everything. The, the police force worked for them. And, and I don't think most people, I know most Americans, because you and I are curious, right, in different ways, but we're both very curious, right? And we both have a love of history, right? And because of that is how I have learned about the labor wars and all the fucking deaths and the goon squads. Basically, every large corporation had its own small army or they would hire out to Pinkerton security or another security, quote unquote, security mm-hmm. force that would come out and break the break their fucking strike for them. And as insidious and as you know, horrible as that is, Dave, the local police force, militia, um, not just militia, but local police force, Dave. And uh, if you called in the National Guard. Some of these folks, they would come in on the side of the corporations. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Tax dollars pay for this. This is a public service. Why is a public service working on behalf of private industry? To, to, put, the, to, to put the kibosh and even the club on the head of the public. That's what that, – like I guess if you, if you have the money and you want to you know, hire your own squad – uh, I guess you and can now here that. we are. but you, here we here we are full circle to BLM and isn't that isn't it the same thing? We're paying these police officers 
that are killing us. And then when, when we complain about it, they brutalize us. It's, it is a rough, rough situation. And, you know, I hope that what this uh, latest uh, incident that, that happened today, Dave, will show that, you know, when you are protesting, okay, and that's fine that you're protesting, but once you start breaking stuff and stuff's on fire and the people that are actually doing that, Laura Ingram, Mar- Marlon and I were watching, you know, Fox News with Laura Ingram tonight to see what they were going to say about this. And one thing she said that I totally agree with that I, I've talked to you about, I've talked to Andy about is that peaceful protest is fine. You're protesting. That's fine. But once you start breaking stuff, looting and rioting, you are now a criminal. The problem is, Dave, is when other people are looting and rioting and say you and I are just marching in the streets, these cops are coming in and they're beating us over the head. It's like, wait a minute. I didn't break anything. Right. I'm not breaking into I'm not breaking the glass at Walgreens and, and looting the stuff. Don't hit me. And so what was that? I saw that, Tony. This is my, I can't tell you what you thought, but I'm going to tell you what my impression, my impression was when I saw, and we're not talking one case. We're not talking in one city. Tony, I saw this happening. I saw footage of this happening in every city across the country. I saw people peaceful protesters getting singled out and beaten or even worse yet shot in the fucking face with a rubber bullet and tony did you did you know seven reporters got blinded permanently blinded by being shot in the face reporters i heard of one i did not hear seven but i did see the one a a woman and she had an eye, Dave, that looked like she just went 15 rounds with the champ. I mean, it was ugly. Disgusting, Disgusting. right? Like, oh, my God. Like, like you don't want to look at it repulsive. And, like, I, I, can, I can envision it just, ugh. And it's turning my stomach as we speak. Mm-hmm. Um, ugh, I'm so not a violent person. It repulses me. It, um. You know, and and that's that's the thing that we saw tonight, Dave. We saw tonight was um, these protesters turning violent, chasing off um, news crews, Dave, taking their stuff and then sitting there stomping on their equipment. And my God, Dave, why are you afraid of news crews being out here? Oh, that's right, because you're a Trumpist, and they're fake news. It's like, Dave, if you and I are protesting something, Dave, don't we want cameras to to look at this? Isn't that what we want? Don't we want this to be footage? Yes, we want this to get in every house in America, every every house around the world. Don't we? You want people to see what's going on, don't you? Why would you chase off a news crew? That's just crazy. Isn't the same? Tony, isn't the saying even bad press is good press? I've heard that saying, Dave, but... If you believe in that, if you believe in a cause, Dave, if you believe in a cause. Now, the police, on the other hand, Dave, I can kind of see that because, look, we want to quash this thing. And I don't really want people to see. I don't want people to see this. (laughs) You know, I want to go go beat a protester over the head. That's my my aim. I don't want people to see it. You know? Yeah. I'm about to beat somebody. 
Yeah. But, um, but yeah, exactly. If your cause is just, wouldn't you want all the footage you can get? Right? Nope. Did I lose you again, Tony? Thanks for tuning in, folks. My whole purpose in doing this podcast is to encourage dialogue, to educate and further the conversation and, you know, fuck the 1%, basically. But uh, in a nutshell, thank you for tuning in. Please do share with friends. If you're picking up what I'm putting down, please help me put it around. Share on social media. Um... You can also leave a voicemail. You can leave, if, you, if you're a member of the Anchor.fm community, you can leave me a up to a one-minute voicemail on Anchor, and I can include that in any episode of your choice. So, once again, thanks for tuning in to And Another Thing with Dave. Please help me spread the word.